Hey gorgeous, it's Denise Duffield-Thomas here and before we get started with today's episode of Chill and Prosper, I've got something really exciting for any of you listeners who are in Europe or the UK because I am super excited to announce that I am coming back to the UK in November this year to host a live two-day business workshop called Chill and Prosper Live in the city of Bristol. Chill and Prosper Live is an opportunity to join me and our beautiful community so we can get excited about our business and to reset our businesses for more profit and ease. If you're just starting out or you're already an experienced business owner, together we're going to get really excited to redesign your business the Chillpreneur way. We'll cover business models, my easy two-step multi-million dollar marketing process, how to set boundaries with your clients, and lots more. And of course, we're going to be talking about money mindset, because in times of uncertainty, your mindset is the most important thing to fast track your success. Tickets are on sale right now and selling fast. So go to denisedt.com slash UK live, UK L-I-V-E, and get your ticket today. I can't wait to see you in Bristol. All right, now let's get on with today's show. Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield-Thomas. Hey gorgeous, it's Denise here and today we're talking about which um, which professions have the biggest money blocks. Now, I would love to do this in a conference room of hundreds and thousands of lucky bees because it'd be really interesting to hear who people think has the biggest money blocks because often you might think that you're exempt from money mindset work or there are a lot of um, barriers or mindset issues in your industry. So let's have a, a talk about it because one of the things I've loved in the last year is interviewing different groups of industries or professions and just going into the nuances of how money blocks show up in their profession. I find it fascinating. Um, I'm always love to learn about different professions. So as always, hit me up, send me a note or um, tag me in it and let me know what's coming up in your particular industry because obviously we're not going to cover every single industry today. Um, I mean, it's pretty safe to say that everyone has money blocks, right? And I say this all the time that Making a lot of money doesn't cure your money blocks. Even though I make a lot of money, I still have money mindset issues to deal with as well. And there are so many nuances when it comes to this. And this is why in Money Bootcamp, we look at it from a lot of different angles. We'll look at it from your childhood, from messages that you might have gotten from society and culture, from the era you grew up in, from the country you grew up in, uh, your parents' money personalities, your own innate money personality. All of those things make a huge impact in how you feel about money, how you feel about pricing. But what I want to talk about is is your particular industry. And that could be, you know, like literally the training you went through or just the flavor that comes from your industry. And sometimes those money blocks might be have been there for generations, you know. So a lot of people will say to me, 
you know, well, that's well and good, Denise, but it doesn't work for my industry. And now I've spoken to so many different types. I kind of know that 80% of it is the same and it's those 20% little nuances that are really interesting. And so I've been working on a series of books and I will write more, um, money mindset for a particular industry. So I've I've written money mindset for natural health practitioners. So if you are a, you know a naturopath or some sort of health practitioner, that's available on Amazon right now. Money mindset for natural health practitioners. Um, money mindset for writers is oh it's done, but it's not published yet because I've been procrastinating doing it. Um, money mindset for body workers is something we're working on at the moment, and it will just continue to expand. So if you have an industry that you would love me to um, talk about, let me know. If you are, have an industry podcast where you t- speak to photographers or a particular industry, let me know because I. Just I'm fascinated to get those nuances. And I even spoke um, recently at an online event for the building industry. So people who are builders in the construction industry. And that was fascinating too. Okay, so here's some Denise truth talk though, right? No matter what job you're in, no matter what industry you're in, you have to work on your inner money stuff. Um, Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to charge. It's going to be hard to have money conversations with people. And you're going to resist things like passive income or you're going to resist boundaries because you feel like, I don't know, you're not allowed to have those things. So if everyone in your industry is broke, (laughs) then maybe you're the one that's going to change things by your example. If everyone in your industry is struggling with money, it can feel like, um, you know, going against the grain. But that's okay. That's why you have me. That's why we have the Lucky Bee beautiful community. That's why we have Money Boot Camp and a community there is because we want to give you um, examples of how it can work. All right. So let's talk about um, the three most common money blocks that I see all of the time. So the first one is I have to work really hard to make money. The second one is I have to choose between helping people or making money, but never both. And number thir- the third one is more money, more problems. Okay, so first one, I have to work really hard to make money. Two, I can help people or make money, but not both. And three is more money, more problems. Okay, and this this really is 80% of it. And then, as I said, there are nuances and there are nuances within, within industries. Okay, so let's talk about the health industry. So this is one where I see a lot of people, they really, really want to help people. Okay, so... They are, I don't know, they might be helping people overcome a health issue or a health problem. So this runs the gamut from, you know, professionals who are dietitians, even doctors, to someone who um, is a pelvic floor physio, to someone who's a health coach, just, you know, all of those things it runs a massive gamut. And you kind of, you take a vow, right, that you'll do no harm and you will help people. And depending on where you are in that spectrum of profession, it's kind of expected that doctors make a lot of money, right? But then you'll find people who are like in the maybe alternative health world especially and um, people like naturopaths, they get told in their industry training, I hope you're in this for the right reasons because you're not going to make a lot of money out of it. And it's seen as more of a calling and it's seen as being kind of noble for it to be a calling. Um, I also find that uh, this industry attracts a lot of nurturer-type personalities and nurturers want to help people. They don't care about the money necessarily. And so that's a really big thing of going, 
I can either really care about my pe- my patients, I can really care about my clients, I can really care about helping them to overcome this particular problem, or I can make money, but I can't do both. And so this manifests in overwork, taking on too many clients, not charging people enough, not charging people at all sometimes, um, like not wanting to recommend solutions because you feel bad about people paying, uh, giving people unexpected discounts all the time if you're charging at all and because you believe deep down that good health is everyone's birthright and it is it absolutely 100% is but that doesn't mean that it's unethical to charge and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't charge for the gifts that you put out in the world and this is true for so many industries that you might be listening um, and going oh yeah that works in mine too because people come to you so you can help them solve a problem The cool thing is now, too, is that you can create passive income products. You can create books. um, You can create resources for people who might not be able to see you. You know, and I know there's there's different ethics in different professions that don't allow you to do that. But there so you can do group coaching programs. You can do group wellness programs. But really, if you are in that industry, you have to really dig deeper into your money blocks around not wanting to charge people. So a good affirmation for you is I serve, I deserve. Putting your oxygen mask on first allows you to help more people. Creating a book, creating resources allows you to help more people. Okay, so that's um, that's that's the health industry. Health is wealth, right? And it's totally okay for you to charge people. And when you charge appropriately for what you do, you charge good prices to people who can pay them, it frees up time and energy for you then to maybe do some pro bono work to have a lot of resources for free, have a podcast, have, you know, write some articles. Uh, It's not about being greedy and evil. There are so many people who can and will pay you and then it frees up time for you to help people who might not be able to afford you, not the other way around because then you get burnt out. All right, let's um, talk as well about the, like other industries like that where you are helping people. So I'm an ex-dancer. I still love dancing and I find that um, people who work with kids especially and people who work in an area that they're really passionate about um, can really struggle to charge. For the similar reason, if you really cared about this, if you really loved dance or karate or art, you would do it for free because you would care so much about everyone being able to have access to it. And especially for dancing, you know, as a kid, you'd, you'd do it for the love of it. Right? And, and often if you're performing as a kid, you're doing it for the love of it. You're not necessarily getting paid a lot of money. And even if you're a professional performer, your career is, is pretty short and not always well paid. So you're doing it for the love of it, right? So if that's even what people are throwing back in your face, well, you should be doing this for the love of dance. And it's like, well, the love of dance isn't going to pay your bills. It's totally okay to charge appropriate prices to the people who can afford it. So then you can be generous on your own terms with your overflow and offer scholarships or online classes for people who can't afford you. Remember, I have to work really hard. So you might have been told, that's not a real job. Um, I have to have a real job to make money. And so I've gone into this area where I love, so therefore I can't make money. Um, I can help people or make money. So it could be, I could love this. I could love my students or make money, but not both. And then the other one is more money and more problems. Um which we haven't talked about yet even for the health coaching world, but if I make a lot of money, people won't like me. People won't think that I care about them. People will, you know, expect a lot from me. 
there's a lot there's a lot in there okay let's take a break and then we'll talk about some more professions i want to talk about accountants and coaches and um artists and creatives all right all right i'll see you straight after the break hi i'm beatrice i'm a speaker author and coach bringing the voices of those who have been silenced to the world learning about the sacred money archetypes and finding out that I'm a maverick has given me the permission I needed to expand my business in non-traditional ways and in ways that felt right for me. And most importantly, it has reminded me and keeps on reminding me that I'll always come out on top no matter what, because that's what mavericks do. Thanks, Denise, for giving me Um, this wonderful experience and allowing me to expand in ways I could have never imagined. Okay, welcome back. Oh, I almost dropped my water. Um, So let's talk about people in the finance world. I'm talking about bookkeepers, accountants, financial advisors, people like that. Now, often people in this industry don't necessarily have a problem charging. Um, They can often, you know, just be pretty pragmatic about their prices and and but meticulous about it right a, a lot of bookkeepers and accountants charge in like 6 minute increments and you're used to being very fair and exacting about things like that but i find too one of the money blocks that comes up in that industry is perfectionism um, a lot of perfectionism and analysis paralysis uh, especially because it is such a well ordered profession that's been around for such a long time, there can be a little bit of a stigma in trying something new. So you might be afraid to try passive income in your business or doing things in a slightly different way because it is very much a traditional um, profession. So it's totally okay for you to break the rules a little bit. It's totally okay for you to do, do it in a way that feels really good to you and even find those little niches that would be more interesting for you. Um, you don't have to be a traditional accountant like anyone else. The other thing that comes up sometimes is imposter syndrome for this industry because maybe you think, oh, my books aren't as clean as my clients or my finances aren't perfect. And so you almost feel like you have to be perfect before you're allowed to have more clients. Or you might be intimidated by working with people wealthier people because you have imposter syndrome around that. So there could be, yeah, there could be some blocks there around perfectionism, analysis paralysis, feeling like, um, you know, passive income isn't for you, feeling like you have to follow the rules. But it's totally okay for you to, you know, do things your own way. And yeah, you're allowed to charge whatever you like as well. All right, let's talk about um, people who are in the spiritual world. So I'm talking, you know, people who are woo-woo practitioners. You might be a Reiki or a psychic medium or a tarot reader or an astrologer. Now, there can be definitely overlap with the health industry here, this sense of um, wanting everyone to have access to these tools as a birthright. You know, everyone should be able to do this or everyone should um, should know about this and not wanting to be a gatekeeper for some of those modalities, especially if they're also healing modalities. Um, there's an extra layer here, though, that it's not spiritual to charge for this kind of work. So I can help people or make money, 
but I can't be both. And so it could be I can be spiritual or make money, but I can't be both. And this gets perpetuated a lot within the industry where people will say, oh, it's it's unethical to charge more than X or you shouldn't charge for this or it can be an industry that has a lot of blurred boundaries between clients and friendship and feeling like if you charged a lot or if you built a bigger business or you had passive income, then it's like it's too much of a business then and less of a spiritual calling. You also might be thinking like these are God-given gifts. These are innate natural gifts. I shouldn't charge for them and it's unethical to charge for them and it's it's not only unethical and unspiritual, but it's almost like it's just not good. Like it's just, I don't know, it might just feel really icky for you to think, well, this comes so easily to me, I, I'm not allowed to charge for it. And I hear even people almost have pride in that of going, well, you know, I don't do this for the money. Um, I, I do this to help people or, uh, you know, I don't charge for my readings or I don't charge my friends for readings, things like that. And often people in the spiritual world can attract clients who are always broke or take advantage of them or have a bit of a victim mentality or really push back against um, paying for things. And you'll see this in communities where people might give free readings a lot or they've got a a big free Facebook group and they give people free advice all the time and then they're like oh hey guys I've just um created my first ebook if you want to buy it here and people just go how dare you how dare you charge for this ebook even though they've been getting free advice and free space holding forever and it just makes me so mad because we want you to have money Because spiritual people who have a connection to the planet and have a connection to humanity, I mean, they're the people we want in the world to have more money because you'll spend it in ways that enrich the whole planet. And so it's okay for you to be spiritual and to be wealthy, but you have to be okay with charging for those gifts that come so easily to you. And it it goes against that grain of, I have to work really hard to make money because you might go, I love this so much, I would do it for free. And you do. And it's like, well, you don't have to. You can love what you do and still charge for it. And it's okay if people don't accept that because you are here to create big change and it's hard to do it if you don't have all of the resources to do it. Okay. And that's what money is. Money is a resource. So remember that affirmation as well for you. I serve. I deserve. I serve. I deserve. And it also means that you need to surround yourself with other spiritual people who who are making money and who uh, don't shame each other for that. I mean, my money boot camp community is full of spiritual people. And I notice that sometimes when I'm I'm in a couple of woo-woo groups and people just the collective shaming is just horrific, you know? So make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who talk positively about money and see it as a spiritual tool because that's what it can be. Okay, now let's talk about um, artists, artists and creatives. And this spans the gamut, right? This is people who make art, who make products, who, um, you know, create clothing, who make textiles, who um, are photographers. You know, you guys are artists as well. So if you're in a creative business, then you probably have a starving artist story that runs that runs there. And it's that feeling of selling out if you charge for what you do. You could also have some family shame, not just from your industry, but from your family, where they're like, 
everyone else is an accountant, but you're going to be a, a penniless artist. So that's it. If you choose to go down that route, you'll never make any money. Um, same, you know, with like acting and dancing and things like that. If you have family members who are in traditional careers, they might just be like, well, how are you going to make money from that? That's not a very sensible career option. And even as a child, even when I was, you know, like seven, eight years old, and people would say to me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I would say, I really want to be a dancer, but dancers don't make any money. So I'm going to be a businesswoman instead. And isn't that just so wild that even at that age, I I thought that. I thought, nope, it's not a sensible career choice. You don't make any money. And you might have a similar story that you've chosen this life, this creative life, instead of a financially secure life. Again, I can help people make money, but yours is I can have freedom, I can have creativity, or I can make money, um, or I can have artistic integrity or something like that. You might even have some stories that nobody pays for art anymore. Nobody pays for photographs anymore. No one makes money in this particular profession anymore. And it's true. In most professions, most people don't make any money, but you can be the exception. And you can be the exception because you have our beautiful Lucky Bee community to show you examples of how you can live an abundant and creative life. You don't have to choose one or the other. So you can give up that starving artist mentality. Um, you can give up that fear of making money and selling out. And again, you have to surround yourself with, with people who are in that conversation. Okay. So that's a lot of different professions, you know, and I might not have covered yours. Oh, let me quickly talk about the construction industry because I thought that was fascinating too. Normally the work that I do, um, you know, 99% of my clients are women or identify as women, um, are women. And I never really talk to like straight white guys, <laughs> for example. Like it's just not my audience, even though I know some of you listen and that's cool, but I don't really center my work um, for that target audience. And so a friend of mine, her husband, um, Gerard McGann, he runs a business that's you know, mentoring and mindset and strategy for the construction industry. And so he was really sick with COVID and had to shift around his two, three-day conference. And I was like, I'll run a session if you want. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I just thought, oh, this is going to be fascinating. And so it was mostly men, but there was some um, husband-wife teams as well. And I just learned so much. And they were so open to it, which I found um, like really touching and I, I know, you know, men do listen to my work, but every time I get to talk to groups of men, I just find it so touching when they're really open to this kind of mindset work. Um, yeah, take that however you like. But one of the things we were talking about, I, I talked about these three money blocks with them, right? You have to work hard. Um, you can make money or help people or more money, more problems. So the big thing for them was this concept of hard work. A lot of them were second generation builders and they saw their dads slogging their guts out for years and years and years, um, having a lot of health problems, but just working really hard. And even to the point, you know, some of them are like, my dad's still on the tools. My dad is still working in the construction industry. And so he sees, you know, any shortcut for me or some of this online stuff as like, that's not, that's not real, mate. You know, like you're being a bit work shy. The other thing too 
this is a double layer of being in the construction industry, being a man and being Australian. There's this sense of like egalitarianism. We're all in this together. And so a lot of these guys who are the CEOs of their company, they feel like they have to keep up with the work ethic of like their youngest, fittest apprentice to show that they're not too good to be on the tools, that they're not above the grunt work. And some of them took it too far, right? And they're responsible for, you know, the money, the bookkeeping, the taxes, the keeping everyone employed through uncertain times, all of these things. But yet they still feel like that their employees will think less of them if they're not pitching in, even though they've already done their time as apprentices, they've already done their time on the tools, or they jeopardize their own health and well-being. Um, and that was just a fascinating block of, you know, like I have to work hard to fit in, to be respected, and to deserve the money. Isn't that fascinating? So I might not have covered your profession, but hopefully it's given you some thought um, and sparked off some ideas for your own profession. And I, I collect these stories. I love hearing about the particular things that come up for you. Um, because I mean, I've worked with people from all sorts of industries, right? Um, dog walking and painting and everything. And you're allowed to make more money. So please reach out, tell me. I'm at um, Denise DT on social media. Send me a DM and tell me, tell me about it. Okay, so I've got one last thought for you after this quick break. I'll see you in a sec. Hello, Adele Bates here, behaviour and education specialist, keynote speaker and author of Miss I Don't Give a Shit, Engaging with Challenging Behaviour in Schools. I'm over in the UK and as you can probably tell by my job title, I'm not the usual kind of online coachy digitally person that perhaps more stereotypically would be attracted to something like bootcamp. And when I joined four years ago, that was one of my concerns. The clients that I work with are in the public sector. Our budgets are determined by government and politics. <laughs> School leaders, local authorities notoriously never have any money. And I wasn't sure whether that would work in, in, in the setting that I work in. But what I discovered is that the mindset work translates across everything. Not only do I now earn much more than I did when I started, but also the services that I offer to my community have massively improved and the capacity has increased. Without Denise, I would have never put a price up. I would have never have known how to negotiate a fee. And I would have never have had the confidence to say no when it comes to money and have that be okay. A lovely little additional side is that my partner, uh, my soon-to-be wife, has also improved her money mindset through osmosis just by me doing boot camp. Thank you so much, Denise. You're making a great impact on the world. All right. So my final thought is that in any industry, you can be the exception. And something I always say to myself is, why not me? Why not me? Why not me? You're allowed to charge beautifully for what you do. You're allowed to have a thriving business. You're allowed to work with all the clients, the perfect clients for you. And you're allowed to make money. You're allowed to make money helping people. You're allowed to make money even if it's easy for you. You're allowed to make money even if it doesn't take very much time. You're allowed to make money even if you love it. You're allowed to make money if, even if it's your calling. You're allowed to make money even if it's helping people overcome a challenge. You're allowed to make money even if you would do it for free. Um, and you're allowed to make money in any professional stage of business that you're in. So why not me? Why not me? It's such a powerful question. 
to ask. All right, so um, come and join us in Money Bootcamp, by the way, if you need that inspiration and support. We have people from so many different industries, but we're all here to support each other in, in growing to that next level. And remember, we, we make money and change the world. That's what we do. So go to denisedt.com slash bootcamp and see if it's right for you. But come and join us. And I can't wait to hear all your stories about your profession too. I will see you next week on another episode of Chill and Prosper. Take care. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.